Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get into the music. Today's show is brought to you in part by WCZR Code Zero Radio, your go-to for the best alternative and indie music. Find them at live.codezeroradio.com or download the free Code Zero Radio app. And now, let's get into the music. Well, hello everyone, this is Rob and welcome back to the show. I have with me as my guest, drummer Rick Spatula Armstrong. Rick has a few gigs going on, being the timekeeper for bands like More Than Mary, Isaiah and the New People, and the Kurt Gunn Band, as well as being a solo artist under the name of Armstrong Street. I've known about Rick for a while, so this is a treat for me to finally talk with him and get his story out there. Welcome to the show, Rick. How are you doing today? Um, I am good. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me, Rob. My, my biggest thing today is deciding if I'm more stubborn or more stupid for not turning the AC on. But other than that, it's been a great day. So, <laughs> Well, it won't be on long because we're going to have our temps fall in here starting tomorrow. So, Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So I look at everything that you're doing right now. And you're a pretty busy guy, I mean, between all the bands you're part of and doing your solo thing. How did you become drummer for all these different acts? I don't I don't know that there's a, a formula for it. Um, I mean, I can tell you with Kurt Gunn, um, that's probably one of the uh, more interesting stories. Um, I saw him play once probably back in 2014 or 2015. I was just blown away uh, by the, the songwriting and the, the music and um, I bought some CDs and um, I was sitting home listening to him after the show and, and I just, I mean, just floored by it. I, I had never heard anything like it and uh, reached out to him um, over the song Abraham that he wrote. And I, one of my favorite movies of all time is, is Saving Private Ryan. It's based off of the Bixby letter that Abraham Lincoln wrote. That's what Kurt's song is about. So I reached out to him and was just like, hey, man, like, are you are you a Saving Private Ryan fan? Are you a Civil War guy? Like what? You know, and he's like, well, a little bit of both. We start chatting. And uh, as I do with a lot of people, because I, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by um, a lot of different musicians and artists, whether it's other drummers or, you know, songwriters, that sort of thing. I don't know if it's good, bad or otherwise, but it's worked out for me so far. I, you know, I always kind of throw that out there like, hey, uh, I'd love to play drums with you someday if you ever need drums for a track or whatever the case you know, it came down to it where um, he was putting some stuff together for, um, I believe it was the ballad of the Unknown Picker album. And uh, he just reached out to me and, you know, asked if I wanted to do drums on that album. And I've been playing with him since. More than Mary was a mutual friend. Jason Lipsky um, was like, hey, I, I know this guy, Rick. You know, I think he'd be a good fit. And uh, we got together. And um, I believe it's been seven years now um, that we've been playing together, writing music. And then Isaiah and the new people, I think, uh, again, I just saw the guy play. Uh, you know, I just kind of introduce myself and say, hey, you know, if you ever want some percussion with your music, let me know. And I, I'm pretty sure that's how um, Isaiah and the new people kind of uh, how I got with that group of guys as well. So, Well, if I'm not mistaken, More Than Mary is pretty much your primary band, is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. safe to say, yeah. Now, who's in More Than Mary with you? And give us the short history of, of the band since you've been with it. Sure. Um, 
it's been around for a few years before I joined. It started out as a band called Sour Belly, and um, our, our current bass player, Chris Nobby, is uh, the only original member. Um, he, I believe he was the singer at the time. Now he's the bass player. Um, he and I do some backup vocals, but Christopher Nobby is the bass player. Um, fantastic bass player. Uh, I always joke that he should get paid uh, per note because uh, the guy, uh, he makes a lot of stuff come out of that bass, and it sounds amazing, so... Um, always fun playing with him. And then uh, Chad Hoppensberger is, uh, is our guitar player. He's our, uh, the voice you hear on about 99% of the music. Um, he's the primary songwriter as well and um, lead guitar player. So we're just a three-piece. Well, I was reading about the various influences that More Than Mary has, and you guys list Blind Melon, The Almond Brothers, Cake, Incubus, The Talking Heads, Flying Colors, and Foxy Shazam as influences. I mean, that's a lot of different subgenres, but as I listen to the band's songs, I can hear all these influences. Maybe not all combined in one song, but throughout any given project of yours. Mm-hmm. How do the three of you approach writing and recording to make this happen? There's really no formula to it. Um we practice weekly. I think um, we firmly believe there's no such thing as too much practice. Um, and I think, you know, for the sake of our, our gigs and, and things like that, you know, we want to provide the audience the best possible show we can. So you'll, you'll never see us call in a show. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to give you 110%, whether there's three people or 300 people, you know. So we show up to practice every week and we kind of, you know, talk about anything that needs to be talked about. And then we just kind of sit down and it's a kind of an unwritten rule, I guess. Uh, somebody will start noodling something, and w- without fail, one of us will like light up with an idea, and it'll be like, hey, "Keep playing that," or we'll just kind of start, you know, grooving along with it. And and by the end of it, um, we're, we've been jamming for ten minutes, uh, and, and just you know, just letting letting all of us just kind of blend together, and and you know, whatever comes out. Nobody has, you know, there's no structure at that point, obviously. And, um, you know, changes happen. We all kind of feel it. We all kind of go with it. Um, there's, there's dynamics, you know what I mean? It, it gets exciting. It, it kind of goes laid back and um, just goes all over the place. And I think it's a way to kind of let our energy all, you know, kind of blend together. And I think that comes through in when we actually sit down to work on music as well. Like I said, Chad is the primary songwriter um, and vocalist. So a lot of times he'll come to practice with, hey, here's a new song I'm, I'm working on, and he'll start playing it. And Chris and I will find some sort of a groove, we'll lock in together, and uh, we'll just start playing. And the songs evolve. There's songs off of our first album that they're a lot different than when we recorded them, you know, five, six years ago. Our songs just keep evolving, and we keep kind of refining them each individually, which kind of comes together as the group, too. But, uh, there's not really a process. You know, we just let all of our, our musical feeling come together and whatever comes out, comes out. You know what I mean? We don't, we don't have a, a like a mold that we feel like we got to put ourselves into. And there's never a, well, this song sounds too much like this or not enough like us or, you know what I mean? It's, which is why our music is kind of all over the board. Anything from funk to reggae, a little surf rock, sometimes classic rock. Like I said, we just don't really try to put ourselves in um, a creative box. We just kind of let it let it all come out. So now your latest single is called "Almost There," mm-hmm. and it's a great tune. Thank you. I love the sound of it, which is stripped down, and everyone's right in the pocket. 
So let's give this a listen. Here's more than Mary with Almost There. Through the darkness And the light finally came Give me back my life It's been long enough Folks, I want to take a moment to tell you about Outlaw Drums. Michael Outlaw handcrafts some of the best sounding as well as the best looking drums on the market today. 
He's a master at finding reclaimed wood and making it into drum kits that will have the attention of your ears and your eyes. So check out Outlaw Drums today at outlawdrums.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Plus, give a listen to the Outlaw Process podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Rick, like I mentioned in the song intro, More Than Mary seems to have a stripped-down sound which, to my ear, is more cohesive. Have you guys ever thought of expanding the group, or do you take the if-it-isn't-broke-don't-fix-it approach? Um, do we Coincidentally, we did um, kick around the idea of adding like keys or organ, uh, something along those lines. At some point, somebody sent us um, a sample, and they said, hey, we, uh, we took this one song of yours and added keys to it. What do you think? And just sent it back to us. And it was cool. It was interesting. You know, somebody completely not involved in the writing process, just adding what they felt like that song needed. And, and it, was, it was cool. Um, I think we ultimately um, decided to stay at three because, Chemistry is a magical thing when it comes to bands, and um, I feel like we have that. When we feel like a song needs something that the three of us don't provide, we we just kind of outsource it and we bring it in anyway. But nothing as far as a permanent position in the band. I think we're I think we're all pretty happy just being the three of us, and we don't uh, we don't really want to mess with that at this time. Well, you look at the longevity of a band like Rush. You know they had that philosophy too. So you know you guys are going to yeah. be around a while. If we're around half as long as they were, I, I will be happy. Kirk Gunn was recently on the show, and in his band, the rhythm section is you with Chris Hanaway on bass. Yes. The two of you always sound rock solid and locked into each other. Is that something that came with work, or is that chemistry as well? Uh, Chris Hanaway and I are somewhat of a unicorn. Uh, we came into the studio, and Kirk's very open about the the musicians in his uh when we go into the studio he doesn't come up and say hey uh i think the drums should be like this or i don't i think the bass should be this. like he leaves that to us and um you know chris and i showed up that first day and it was pretty magical we we uh we were locked in from the start i don't know if that's rare or if that's common like i said it was uh it was magical it's a joy every time i get to play with chris it, it makes whatever we're recording it makes it so much better it's almost scary how similar we think about what the rhythm section should be when we hear a song. You know what I mean? It's, I don't think that's normal, but um, it's definitely a blessing uh, getting to play with that guy. So Yeah, great bass player. And, and you guys, yeah. you know, when I listen to Kurt's stuff, when you guys are the rhythm section, and yeah, totally locked in. So good job. Thanks. Sure. Now let's talk about your history as a drummer. It started with your dad, right? Correct. Okay. Now, do you have any memories, any special memories of him playing the drums? I don't, actually. Um, my dad died when I was five, uh, but he had not played, I want to say it was probably late 60s, possibly early 70s was the last time he played. It was just one of those things growing up, you know, like I said, he passed away when I was five, and, um, you know, I stumbled across, bits and pieces of his drum set as a kid and it just 
it fascinated me. You know, I mean, you hear different things on the radio, different musicians or bands or whatever. And, um, you know, when I was a kid, the MTV was big. So I really got hooked on it. And it just fascinated me to know that my dad did that. You know, I mean, I, I never, I, I don't even have any recordings. I never, I've never heard a note played by my dad. All I know is, you know, that he was a drummer. My mom has told me stories. Um, she said it was a few times like uh, like the Blues Brothers where um, the band would drink more than they got paid and they'd have to round up some money at the end of the night and, you know, stuff like that. So um, she's told me some, some fun stories. But, but no, that's, that's honestly probably my, um, if I could change anything, um, you know, go back and see my dad play or just be able to hear him and at the same time have him be able to hear me or see me play. When I was 18, I, I bought a drum set, didn't know how to play. I, you know, I just kind of banged around a little bit. And, um, you know, I grew up in Menominee, Michigan. The music scene up there, um, not like it is here in the Fox Valley. So it wasn't like there was a lot of musicians to jam with or other drummers to kind of emulate or, or hang out with or anything like that. I say that ironically because the Fox Valley has five drummers from Marinette, Menominee. I don't know where they came from because I didn't know they were there when I lived up there. But I came down to the Fox Valley to to go to college in 2000. It never went anywhere, but it was always there. You know, there was always that dream to to play music. So I feel like little bits of my dad kind of lived through me when I'm when I'm playing up there. So 2008 was a pivotal year for you. You want to tell us about that and bring us up to speed? Sure. Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of part two of the story I was just going off about. Um, I moved down to the Fox Valley in 2000, um, started going to college, um, graduated in 2004 with my degree in electrical engineering technology, um, started working my job. I, you know, I, I went to um, a welding company and I was doing what I thought was going to be my career and what I thought was going to be the rest of my life. This is what I was going to do. And then uh, 2008, um, we had a, a bit of an economy crash and uh, the company I worked for, specifically like the unit that I was part of, collapsed within the company and they basically just laid everybody off. So and soon to be a good friend of mine, um, Matt Gieske. He was the drummer for the band Boxcar at the time. He's now uh, he's he's played many years with Cool Waters Band, and now he's uh, he's in Road Trip as well. Somebody that I gravitated toward. I, you know, I used to go watch Boxcar shows and um, drawn into his drumming, like his style. I don't I I can't explain it. But anyway, he drew me in, and shortly it was probably like two days after. Um, I got laid off. I, he posted something on Facebook about drum lessons and everything just came together right there. And it was like, I don't, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've always wanted to play drums. Here's a guy that's telling me he'll teach me how to play drums. I'm going to do it. So I, I reached out to him. I started taking drum lessons with Matt. The funny part, he used to host an open jam um, on Tuesday nights at Tanner's. Then my lessons were Wednesday morning. So I would go out to his open jams every week and um, he would just toss me to the wolves, you know, and I, I say that in a good way. I'm not, I don't, I don't mean that in a negative way uh, because I'm very grateful that he did that. Um, and he, he'd get me up there to play with musicians that I had no business playing with. And um, I learned early on that nobody at an open jam asks the drummer if he knows the song. So I got to play along with a lot of stuff I didn't know how to play. 
Um, and then I'd come to my lesson the next day and he'd be like, okay, here's the stuff you need to work on based on what I saw last night. And, uh, over the course of a year and a half or so, um, you know, I got to a point where to, he said, Hey, join a band. I think that's the, the next step for you. So I, I joined, uh, well, it ended up being kind of a wedding band. We played a lot of festivals and things like that, but a cover band essentially, as I got more comfortable and strong uh, playing drums, other instruments started kind of grabbing me. And, and shortly after, I started picking up a guitar and a bass and um, just kind of started noodling with, with all of that stuff. So um, through the years, numerous bands, numerous you know artists sitting in. The, the, one of the, the cool things with the Fox Valley is you go see a band and they, they see you in the crowd and they know you're a musician and they'll bring you up and play with, you know, to play with their band and, um, so there's a lot of that that happens back and forth. And um, 2008, it, it's a blessing in disguise. It seemed like the, the end of the world for me, and it was actually the beginning. So if anybody out there is going to take anything away from this, is don't ever write everything off based on a, a specific situation because it might just be the best thing that ever happens to you because it was for me. So, I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I am right now if I had never got laid off, you know. Yeah, I understand. Now, in our communications prior to this interview, you told me that you've been working on a solo project for a while under the name of Armstrong Street. Yes. Uh, when Michael Grabner was on the show, he joked about how long it took him to complete his first album. However, you shared that you're going to beat his record if you haven't already. What's the general direction Armstrong Street is going in? We'll be right back after this short break. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in and go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, to touch on the, the record, I think I have a beat already. I believe I started recording the first song that I wrote for that album, I wrote for um, my sister's wedding. That was 10 years ago. So um, I'm definitely uh, going to beat his record. I don't remember if he said it was six years, five or six years, but pretty sure I, I'm going to beat that. As far as the direction, you know, it's um, similar to um, the, the more than Mary philosophy where there isn't one. Some of my stuff is kind of folky. It's just, you know, it's whatever comes out at the time. I, I, uh, the last song that I recorded, um, which isn't done yet, um, I, with that, that song itself is going on two years old, two and a half, I think. That was kind of prog rock um, or prog pop, I guess. It was a song I wrote about my dad, and um, his, his birthday was September 8th, so I wrote it in 9-8 times. So that right there makes it a weird feel and there's just there's some weird parts and weird stuff and it's drums and electric guitar acoustic guitar bass uh hammond b3 organ it's like it's so different from the, the stuff that i had written up to that point will i keep going in that direction i don't know you know i i haven't written for a while so it's hard to say um where it's gonna go um but i would say 
the majority is kind of just simple, happy folk rock or, or, or I'm, I'm no, I'm no Michael Grabner. I'm no Kurt Gunn. My songwriting isn't, uh, is never going to be up there in that conversation with those guys. But, um, you know, sometimes I just feel like I got a story to tell and a melody pops out of my head and uh, I write some stuff down and put it together and it is what it is, you know? So I just like to have fun with it. Now, the song that you alluded to before, Daddy's Little Girl, that you wrote for your sister's wedding. Anything else that you can tell us about it? It's kind of funny. So, you know, because as I mentioned earlier, um, my dad passed away when I was five. My sister's a year and a half older than me. Um, and she she was getting married um, 10 years ago um, because we obviously didn't have our dad there. And so there could not be a father-daughter dance. She um, she reached out to me and she sent me a list of songs. And she's like, pick one. We're going to do a brother-sister dance instead of a father-daughter dance. And I was like, okay, cool. Rather than, than pick one of those songs, I was going to write her a song because our dad couldn't be there. I, I kind of wanted to put it basically from the standpoint of like kind of if our dad were there what would he what would he say to her and i just wanted her to kind of get the idea of that just because he's not there you know it doesn't mean he's not there you know and and uh just maybe try to comfort her a little bit i've never been married i don't know what it's like to not have your father at your wedding but i try to do my best to imagine his perspective through him as best i could without really knowing but knowing my sister well enough to, to try and put it together. So, you know, the, the reception happened and the DJ kind of explained what was going on. And my sister started crying. I started crying. Everybody was crying. We danced. It was good. Uh, it was all, it all worked out well. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the, the uh, idea of the song. I actually recorded that with um, Sam Farrell from the lately, uh, like I said, a bunch of years ago, um, just kind of went over to his home studio and, and, and uh, we put some stuff together the the electric guitar that you hear on that track is is Sam. Um, the rest of that, I think there's some computer, I think it's computer bass and drums. Um, I think he just threw that on there because um, it, it originally was just going to be kind of solo, like you know, singer songwriter stuff. Um, so he put some stuff together and made it um, made it sound like a full band. So he he definitely helped out with that, added a lot of good stuff. So, but yeah.
Now, Rick, the one question that's been on my mind for quite a while, you have the nickname Spatula. Where does that come from? Rob, I wish I had a really uh, amazing story behind it. Um, yeah, I don't even know how long ago. I'm going to say 2009, 2010 sometime. Um, I had a couple of roommates, and um, one of them, she shortened her name to something weird on, on Facebook, and um, just not a very common abbreviation for that name. And joking around with her, I said, well, I'm just going to change my name to, and as I was saying that, I don't know why or how the word spatula popped into my head. So I so I'm just going to change my name to spatula. And uh, it was just kind of a silly dare. Um, and so on Facebook, I changed my middle name to spatula and it just kind of stuck. It's like taboo or, or whatever to give yourself your own nickname wasn't really my goal, but it has stuck. So I don't know. It's fun. It's not an exciting story. Uh, I wish it were, but. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. It must be something about spatulas and drummers because one of my best friends is a drummer and he's always joking about spatulas. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, we're getting toward the end of the show here. So please share where folks can find all of your musical doings online, uh, any upcoming gigs, and how you can be contacted. So with More Than Mary, um, we have a, a Facebook page, um, More, it's it's T-H-E-N and then M-E-R-R-Y. The name of that band is kind of a playoff of Less Than Jake. It's kind of flip-flopped and anyway. Um, so you can go to More Than Mary or More Than Mary. We actually have the website for both, and those are at uh, bandcamp.com. Um, again, as I said, uh, More Than Mary at, on Facebook. The Kirkdown Band is kind of just uh, an opportunity that appears sometimes. Um, it's not really, um, doesn't have a, a page for it or, you know, I mean, there's no official band uh, site or anything like that. But you can go check out Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff as far as Kirkdown's music, More Than Mary. Um, Isaiah and the New People, as I said earlier, is kind of a newish thing. Um, we, we did a audio and a video um, recording at the train station in Appleton here. That song, I believe, is available on YouTube. Um, I don't think anything uh, has come out as far as like Spotify or anything like that. I know we're we're in talks to go record an album, I believe, with that band. But uh, again, still very new, very unpolished. Not a lot of uh, places for that other than, um, like I said, Isaiah and the New People you can find on Facebook. Isaiah has a festival that he, uh, this is the second year actually, and it's going to be the 15th and 16th of September in Little Chute, um, kind of just up the hill from the tennis courts in Doyle Park. If you go to Doyle Park and you go to the tennis courts and you look up, you'll see it. Um, he made a really interesting stage around some big oak trees in his backyard, and it's it's amazing. Anybody that was able to go last year, it was quite the experience. And so he's having that again this year. A whole array of bands uh, will be playing at that. Um, I think there's I want to say it's eight or nine different bands. And like I said, that goes the 15th and the 16th. More Than Mary has got a show coming up with the tunes at Fox River House. I believe that is October 6th. Um, I think that's a 7.30 to 10 o'clock show. Nothing really coming up soon with the Kurt Dunn band. Like I said, that's kind of a, a rare opportunity band. It just uh, things pop out of nowhere. Um, we did a mile music set and uh, that was the first time I think we played in a year and a half or something like that. So keep an eye out when you, obviously if there's a Kurt Gunn band show, 
you're going to hear about it because it is a rare thing. So otherwise, like I said, Facebook, you can search any of those three and you should be able to find something. And if it's not what you're looking for, it should lead you to it. So. Sure. And folks can contact you through your Facebook page, which is Armstrong Street. Armstrong Street. Yep. That or um, just, you know, Rick's Bachelor Armstrong. I'm pretty friendly. I'll answer messages or, or steer you in the right direction if I if I don't have the answer. So, um, but yeah, Armstrong Street. I put music on there sometimes. Like I said, I've been in a, a bit of a writing rut lately, so there hasn't been any new stuff. And, and uh, some of the stuff that's on there is just cheesy little jingles that I come up with on the fly. So, if that's you know something that entertains you, go check that out. Uh, my I have a YouTube channel also, Armstrong Street. Sounds good, Rick. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk today. It's been a pleasure, and I'm looking forward to catching the gig sometime soon. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, and and uh, I'll definitely keep you in the loop. Um, and yeah, that'd be great to to see you out at a gig sometime. Sounds great, Rick. Well, folks, my guest today has been drummer Rick Spatula Armstrong. Join me next time when my guest will be founding member and guitarist for Loaf Straight Jackets, Eddie Angel. You will not want to miss this one. So long for now, and we'll see you next time we get Into the Music. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Into the Music. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and odyssey.com. Drop us a line on our socials or email us at intothemusic at newprojectx.com. This show is copyright 2023 Project X Productions. Join us next time we get into the music. God bless and take care, everybody.